Welcome to the Intentional Encourager podcast, where each episode brings you compelling conversations and stories designed to entertain, enlighten, and encourage. And now here's your host, Brian Sexton. And welcome into the Intentional Encourager podcast. I'm your host, Brian Sexton. Thank you for joining us again today. Yeah, I don't have the Intentional Encourager podcast background, so what? You guys will be all right. But I don't have the background that my guest, Krista Moyan, has. That is a beautiful background. All the wood and everything behind it. She is a senior growth strategist, a mama four, a blogger. And she is a part of the Take Back Mondays podcast. Now, I'm like, yeah, Take Back Mondays, right? You're saying, yeah, Take Back Mondays. That's intentional encouragement right there. You can Take Back Mondays. Krista is going to tell you how to do it. When I step out of the way and bring in Krista Molyan to the Intentional Encourager podcast. How are you? Thank you, Brian. Thanks for having me on your show. I'm doing awesome. See, the light's just hitting you so perfectly. It's like an angelic, <laughs> it's like an angelic beam has swept down through the through through France and just come right into your your presence there, Krista. It's it's awesome. I don't have that same thing. I have to artificially bring the light this way. So I hope you're doing well today. I am. I am usually based in California, but I am in France. Came here back in March of 2020. Thought I would be here for about two months due to the lockdown and went up to my family's uh, property here in the French Alps in the mountains. And as you can see from my backdrop, I'm in a log cabin. And now it's December tomorrow, right? December 1st. Yeah, Yeah, as we record this, it'll be December 1st tomorrow, yes. And I'm already, uh, I'm I'm still here. So um, it's been, I think God had a a part in this because I wasn't planning on coming here. And I hadn't seen my dad in a while. And my dad said, you know, why don't you come here for the lockdown? Better we can be together as a family, spend some time together. Your work isn't going anywhere anyways during that time. I agreed, and little did I know that my dad would pass away from COVID-19 while I was Mm. here. Wow. So that's how I ended up staying here because there was so much family stuff to deal with, and... Uh, France is a long process for uh, bereavement and uh, all the stuff we have to deal with in my dad's estate. So I said, well, it's not a time to be traveling back and forth. But I really do believe it was destiny that I had to come here to be able to see my dad one last time. So it's uh, amazing. And and thank you for being so transparent and sharing your story because I've, I've walked that road. You know, I lost my dad very suddenly almost eight years ago and and you you don't realize I, I was thinking the other day Krista and I hadn't planned on going here but I'm glad you you started our conversation this way I was thinking the other night I thought I remember the day before my dad died he and my mom were together they went out to dinner and did some shopping and things like that they were traveling and I thought well I could call my dad you know and just talk to him a minute but I was like, no, him and my mom are together. And, and I feel like that was meant 
for that to happen because my parents were married for 41 years when my dad passed away. And I feel like that was divine providence saying, no, let your parents have this last night together, uninterrupted, just the two of them connecting and being together and things like that. And so, yeah, my condolences to you because, again, I've walked that road. It's it's no fun. I want to ask you this. How has it been for you being overseas through all this and then seeing the American perspective on news and things like that? Because California right now is it, – it's not – and no offense to those in California, it's just not a good place to be. Even Californians would tell you that. So what has it been like being overseas and then watching the the COVID perspective from over there as opposed to being over here? Amplified and full of fake news is what I would call it because when you're – anytime you're away from your home and things are happening in your home, it feels stronger then when you talk to people and they'll try to play it down and say, oh, they're exaggerating. But on top of that, you don't know which news source to listen to anymore. So mm -hmm. the, only, the only thing I try to do is stay off the news most of the time and uh, talk to family and friends and get the real deal. And, and also reduce how much I listen to because this year has been full of so, so much negativity, you know, um, which is normal because when people fear for their future, they don't know what's going to happen next. People get a little upset. Um, I personally can't wait for this year to be over, though, because so many people have suffered. And if there's one thing from all this negativity that's come out of it, it's for me, my, my purpose has just been redefined over and over this year of me bringing positivity to other people. Mm -hmm. because I know I have a gift that I can help not everybody, but some people. And I try my hardest to do that. Whenever I see I can help this person, I'm there. Mm -hmm. And I think that when you come so close to tragedy, loss, um, you have a choice to make. Either you're going to let yourself be consumed with pity and suffering and, oh, of course, it's terrible what happened, COVID happened, or you lost your dad, my condolences. These things are terrible. But on the other hand, it reinforces how precious our life is. And then we have a rededication to our purpose to do good. Because mm -hmm. now we're not just doing good for ourselves, which we were before. Now we've got them to meet their standards. Is oh, that, yeah. Yeah. You feel it, that it, way? Yeah, I, I do. And that's the reason that I wrote my, the, my, my book that's releasing called People Buy From People. It, it's about the things that my dad taught me. That was the piece of advice that my dad gave me 25 years ago when he said, when I got into sales, he said, never forget some people buy from people. And I love what you said there about helping other people, because when I tell people about intentional encouragement, I say, look, it's not easy. You're going to give way more than you receive. And, and, and Krista, you hit on something there a minute ago that I want to, that I want to stay on for just a second is what things that you hear, do you believe, do you, do you take in, do you process? Because you could fill yourself with 
well, um, you know, what, what, and, and here's, here's how the news is here in the States. Lockdowns, testing, contact tracing, lockdowns, traits, contact, shutdowns. And, and you, you do have a lot of people hurting. I mean, my goodness, I was, I was reading something about, you know, in New York and Los Angeles and these bigger cities where they're, they're shutting down restaurants. So the only way a restaurant can, can stay open is through takeout. And, and and depending on takeout to to keep their doors open, and I'm I'm thinking, you know, I was in the restaurant business. I'm like, my goodness, do you understand what you're doing to these businesses? And then you're going to want them to pay taxes back to the government on their sales. Like what what taxes? You've ruined them. You've you've and so I love what you said there about. Let's go here for a second. I've said this, no good decision has ever been made in fear. So when you have people that are, you know, what, what, are, what are French people talking about with, with this disease? We talked about what you're hearing about over here. I'm curious as what you're hearing when you're out and about in France. So there's no fear here. Everyone is um, well-informed and the attitude is more, do we have the correct information and do we know what we are supposed to do? And the last question after that is, how is that going to affect us, our businesses, our income, our, you know, our livelihood? And so the first question is about information. They want to know what is COVID, you know, how does it transfer? And the second question is, what should we do? Like, should we wear masks? Should we not wear masks? And the third question is, how is that going to affect me, my family, my livelihood, my business? And the French government really did a great job, in my opinion, of addressing those three things in a very calm and organized manner. Um, so you're going to see my toddler here. So she's making a <laughs> guest appearance, Ivy Monique, the only child who came with me. The other three stayed in California, my teenagers. Do you say hi, Ivy? Hi, <laughs> Sorry Monique. About that. No, <laughs> no. This is a pleasant surprise, Krista. This is great. This is, this is COVID, such a pleasant surprise. COVID life, COVID life. Um, so here in France, we have had two lockdowns. Mom, we had a um, look a lock a lockdown in um, in May, and then another one just recently, just for uh, the month of November, and. They were meant to just slow the slow the disease a little bit so that the hospitals wouldn't get overwhelmed. And um, but the difference between here and the states is that we only had one person to listen to. We had to listen to our president, and that was it, right? Mm -hmm. We didn't have governors to listen to. Yeah, wait, honey. Um, and and the second thing was that no one really questioned it. They're like, mm -hmm. okay you know the minister of health has talked the president has talked we understand that we're supposed to stay home um there's a hotline you can call if you're if you have questions about yourself here's what you should do then they went into all the details about the different businesses like who who mm -hmm. is authorized to go what's happening with schools the schools did not close so she's been in school i put her in school um, when I when I found out we're gonna have to stay here longer, I put her in school. So, um, you know, 
I think it's been it's been handled pretty well. Um, certain businesses have had to close, but here's the big difference between America and France. When the businesses were forced to close, where the government said, you, you know, your business we've deemed is dangerous. People can't go there, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the government is, is uh, taking care of people's salaries. Wow. Wow. So what that means is it's, it's subsidized. So they're like, this is like a national emergency. So it's almost like, you know, you've got, it's a restaurant, for example, you've got insurance for, I don't know, fire, mm -hmm. earthquake. I don't know. You've got all these natural disasters, but no one thought about COVID. No, no one did. And, and no. besides that, your, 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 your lovely, your lovely daughter, if you're watching this on video, <laughs> so cute. You know, the, her daughter is hiding her face. I don't blame her. There's a scary man on mommy's computer screen. There's a scary looking man with this green stuff behind him. I don't blame her a bit. Um, that is so cute. I am she so glad she, I am so glad she interrupted. Kids are always a welcome interruption because, mm -hmm. you know, heaven's, heaven knows that if he could, my 20 year old would be skipping college classes and coming out here and interrupting me. So, yeah. Hey, I want to ask you this real quick before we get into your story. What do you, what will you take back to the United States when you go back to, to the U.S.? What will you take back with you that you've learned from this time of being in France? I want to say the first thing I'll take back is probably gratitude. Gratitude because I know that no matter, I've suffered losses, but I know that many people have suffered worse losses. And I'm grateful that in the end, I was able to see my dad. I'm grateful that we survived COVID, um, that no one else in my family, my, we, several people got it. I wasn't able to get tested. Um, so I don't know if I had it, even though I was with my dad. Um, my stepmom was tested. She was positive. My sister was tested. She was positive. I was with them too. So, you know, God was watching over all of us and unfortunately it was my dad's time to go. Um, and I'm grateful that, you know, we have a roof over our head here we're doing well. She's in school. I'm, I'm, my business is growing. I'm able to look, I'm, I'm over here. I'm still growing my business. Uh, so I have, I have such a gratitude list. You have no, no idea. Um, and I'm grateful in the States that no one that I know personally, uh, had perished from COVID. I knew a few people who got it and who all recovered. So not everyone was that lucky, right? Uh, so yeah, I think gratitude is my first my first word that comes to mind. Maybe adaptability would be a second one too, because yeah. man, I've had to. I came here with uh, one suitcase, because you know I travel light. I'm like you know, two months, but we're gonna be in lockdown. I, I don't need clothes. Like I don't need many clothes, right? Um, I thought I'd be there with one season, you know, and then now I'm still here, so I had to like buy stuff. I even had to buy a car. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Mercedes. Wow. I ended wow. up having, it, yeah, it's not new, but it's still, it's still a Mercedes. 
Wow. And you mentioned your teenage children are back in the States and, and, and I'm sure it's different communicating with them and things like that. Do yeah. you have any kind of timetable when you're going to get to go back home? So my dad's estate should be finalized by the end of the year. So I plan on staying here through Christmas. Um, and so hopefully early, early in the spring, we can, we can envision going back. Um, <laughs> she's singing. <laughs> yeah. Hey, listen, her, her part of the conversation will be the one that people tune into the most because again, people love kids. So, well, honestly, this is also when I say, <laughs> when, I, when I say adaptability, um, I actually did a, a vlog for LinkedIn. The LinkedIn news editors asked me to document a day in the life with Ivy. Like, how is it to work at home? And, um, and I did that because I think a lot of, you know, the main thing is you got to just roll with things. Yeah. You can't get too upset, guys. I mean, we've all had our schedules disrupted, our lives sometimes disrupted. Like, your 20-year-old your is doing college at home. Who would have ever thought that? If you would tell me that last year, that he'd be up there, you'd be like, what? Right? Well, no, that's it. Kristen, that's the thing is, is that, yeah, he, you know, when, when this first broke out here in the States, he was like, this this stinks like I want to be on campus I want to be doing my work on campus and things like that and so you know for us here we've just had to you I love what you said a minute ago about gratitude that's really what's had to change for for me is instead of going well I'm working from home I don't want to work from home but I've got to work from home to okay well you know, um, like I, I get up out of bed. I see my wife off to work. I start work when I need to start work and stop work when I, when I need to stop work and things like that. And so, yeah, I think you're right. I think for all of us, Krista, we've had to really flip the script on that. So I want to go here for just, just, I have one more question and then we'll get into your story. When, when you say your business has grown, were you surprised by that? Because a lot of people, you know, may have had an unintended benefit. Like, like I know businesses that did one thing and then when COVID hit, they had to repivot and then they found another product line or they found another way to, to go to market, things like that. Maybe like we we're talking about some restaurants, some restaurants that never did takeout, did a great business in takeout and things like that. What about your business got better? with COVID-19? Well, I'm glad you asked that because I kind of had a pivot. Um, I've, I've uh, run a business for 20 years and worked in Silicon Valley in marketing and was able to grow my business so big um, and then sell it. So, um, and then I went off on my own and I started doing mindset coaching and consulting. And during this COVID lockdown, I actually slowly started going back to something that I'm actually really good at. But you know how it is in life when you're good at something, but 
you don't really recognize it. Like other people will tell you that you're good at that, but you don't recognize it yourself as you're like, nah. You, so and you know Hey everybody, Brian Sexton here. I want to tell you about our sponsor, SEO National. SEO stands for Search Engine Optimization. Now what's that, you might say? Well, Search Engine Optimization helps you show up higher on search engines in front of paying customers for words that you as a business owner can monetize. What a great concept. SEO National is owned by my good buddy, Damon Burton, who's been a guest here on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Not only has Damon and his team worked with businesses of all sizes, from e-commerce startups to NBA teams and Shark Tank featured businesses, but more importantly, Damon and his team are about transparency, trust, and providing lifetime value. So much so that he still has his first customers after opening SEO National 14 years ago. Let me give you some intentional encouragement and call Damon and his team today at 855-736-6285 or go to www.seonational.com and get a free quote. No, real, seriously, <laughs> you, you, you asked that kind of that rhetorical question and that's how this podcast got started because I had people that told me, you need to do a podcast. And so that's how this, that whole thing just kind of got, so yeah, I totally know that. So when, when you, you, you think about that for a second and you say you, you've been coaching and things like that for 20 years and you've been in business and things like that, when you did the pivot this year and you started growing, what do you think was the impetus for your growth? Was it just giving some oh. people something different that they weren't used to? No, no, it was giving people something that for me is easy, but for other people is really hard. And this will get in line with exactly what you do is sales. So I have always felt that it was easy for me to sell to people. And it just comes naturally to me. I've never, ever had any, um, I, 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 I want to say I've never lost a sale. On, Ivy. You want this? Hold on one sec. There we go. <laughs> I there love this. Go. This is so cool. This is you so cool. I love this. Bed. This is this is the authenticity, folks, of the Intentional Encourager podcast. It's 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 having guests on. And, and Krista, what I love about this is you're you're a mom, you're a business owner, you're you're just you're living life. You this story that that took you overseas to be with your dad and to and to to spend time with him before he passed i mean it's just incredible and and this is the great thing about this krista is you've come with this and you said brian my business grew what should have been a tragedy for me has turned into a triumph and so that's why I wanted to pull a little more conversation out of that because I really want people to understand that some really incredible things can come from the most tragic places. And, and again, I, I'm not trying to shamelessly plug my book, People Buy From People, which I have it right here if you want to buy it. But it came from, from the fact of, you know, December 6, 2012, when my dad passed away suddenly it was the most horrific thing I'd ever been through in my life. But yet what I learned from it was 
that that everything that my dad had taught me for 40 years was just coming to the surface. And my dad wasn't gone. There are things that are manifested that I do. I, I, I was talking, <laughs> believe it or not, I was talking to the cat. Now, you know, how dumb is that? You talk to the cat, but we have a cat that we've had for years. And I was talking to the cat. And our cat, I, I could hear my dad, the words that my dad would say and the way my dad would say them were coming out as I was talking. And I'm like, my dad's not, my dad's not gone. He's right here, you know, it's, but it's, it's crazy. When you think about what 2021 looks like, what things have you taken from 2020 that is going to, to really be of impact to you and your business and your clients in 2021? Well, I've been super productive here. I've had heightened focus because I'm outside my element and there's really nothing else for me to do in this log cabin all day, you know? So I've been able to, um, to really advance on my goals a lot and grow my business. So I would like to take that into 2021 because I think when I'm back in my, in my environment, I'd love to keep this focus that I've gained this year. This focus, really laser focus on my goals and my business. That's incredible. That That is incredible. Okay. Now we've teased that. We're going to get into your story. Um, you teased it there just a little bit, Krista, where you talked about your years in Silicon Valley and working there and things like that. So take me as far back as you want to take me and tell your story, um, kind of where, how you got from point A to point B. Yeah. So, um, all the way back is that my dad and my dad is French. My mom's American. That's why I'm here. So people have asked me several times, how, why are you in France? And why was your dad in France? So, and my parents divorced. So my dad went back to France. My mom stayed in the States. Thus I have dual nationality. I had a pretty difficult childhood, moved all over the place, all over the place. I mean, multiple countries even. And ended up in Germany by myself, uh, went to college in Germany, then got married to a Russian, moved back to the United States with him. Both of us got jobs in Silicon Valley. And pretty much from day one, I opened a sole proprietorship, the business for myself, so that I could be doing consulting. And for 20 years, I worked with Silicon Valley clients in marketing. Um, software as a service marketing, particularly product launches, especially international products, and was blessed to work with very big companies, um, worked for Apple for 12 years, um, worked with Yule Packard, and then later on with Google and Samsung and Facebook and all kinds of just all the big companies. And in 2017, I actually burnt out. So burnt out or fizzled out. I don't know which, which is the right word, but I, I came to the realization that I was just so not into my work anymore. And I've lost my, my drive, my creativity. I was extremely exhausted. Was that a sudden, was, yeah. I didn't mean, let me, didn't no, mean to interrupt you and wanted to jump in there. 
when when you get to that point, was that a gradual thing that happened to you or was it an, an immediate thing? Because sometimes with burnout, you can push it down and push it down and push it down so much. Then you try to push it down and all of a sudden it just explodes in your face. Was it for you? That's was what that it was. so so it yes. was a pretty sudden thing for you? Yeah, it, it was see, I had been running myself on empty with three small children with a really demanding clients working on these international projects where I was up all the time, you know. Um, so I I really didn't sleep. I think I slept maybe three, four hours a night, was really skinny because I just didn't really find time to eat meals um i mean it was bad i wish i had that ability where i didn't have time to eat me see i've got i've got pretzels here on my desk i was trying to i was trying to grab a snack or trying to grab some lunch before uh we started our conversation so maybe you maybe on a on a subsequent intentional encourager podcast you can share with us how you how you managed to do that yeah that's not a good idea either because what I did was I think I only drank like black coffee and like I had this really fancy espresso machine. It was like a very expensive Italian espresso machine in my office. So I would literally live off espresso beans. See, we have some we have something similar in West Virginia. I don't know if you've ever heard it. It it's it's and it's an elaborate coffee machine. It's called Mister Cafe. <laughs> That's fancy for us. You just stick that, oh, you know, you just stick it in your coffee pot and you just, you know. No, you no, no, no. Me, it was, it was much different. But it, but then, so it's funny because right before we spoke, I was actually um, on my podcast, Take Back Mondays, uh, that you're going to be on, I hope, if you agree. Uh, Absolutely. You on hey, hey Yay. listen, this, yeah. you know, nothing wrong with shameless book. plugs here. We, we yeah. believe, we believe in Absolutely. shameless plugs here by my book. <laughs> well, we, we actually believe in, uh, in helping one another. So you're, no, that, I, no, I, I no. It, in, so let me yeah. go there for just a second with you. Yeah. Take, take back Mondays. What was that concept for you? Because, you know, I, and, and I'll share a story. I'll, I'll share a quick story with you. I, I used to work with a guy that, uh, I used to work for a company and they, it, it was a food service distribution company. What made me think of this was a friend of mine told me after I left, he said, yeah, he said they, we had this initiative like take back Fridays. And, and so this, this guy just started shifting a lot of his work to different days. And they were like, well, how come you don't have any customers doing it? And he's like, well, look at, I've, I've worked Sunday for 15 years. I'm just going to take back my Sundays. And they were like, oh, you can't do that. And, and, and so, yeah, it, Krista, I don't think people understand the concept of that. So please take us through what, what Take Back Mondays really means and how you got to that point in your life. Absolutely. Well, that's a, actually a perfect segue because I just stopped at my story telling you I was burnt out in 2017, wanted a big change in my life, uh, ended up selling my shares and going solo and also taking a lot of time off. Uh, so I did a lot of traveling and had fun. And before I decided, okay, I'm ready to go back and start consulting again. And during that time, I wrote a memoir about my life. And this memoir was a lot about being burnt out and mindset. And 
Take Back Mondays was kind of born following that memoir because I was thinking a lot and writing a lot about about how, you know, we only get one life and why should anyone else be a master over your life? Why do we let other people dictate to us how we're going to spend all of our waking hours and especially your schedule? Like, why can't I why can't I have a wonderful Monday and structure it the way I want? And then I thought about how many millions of Americans dread Mondays and don't, they live for the weekends and dread the work week. And I thought, that's not a solution either because I actually loved my job. So before I burnt out, um, I was just addicted to that job. I loved it so much. I loved my agency. So what and, was it about the job that you loved so much? Because a lot of people, you know, again, Krista, it, it, it is a, you know, here in the States, we, we, there are very few people anymore that I know that just go, oh man, I'm, I'm addicted to my work. A lot of times it, it is to keep climbing the ladder or to, to get more, have more, do more. It, and, and then they go, okay, well, I've, I've done more, gotten more, made more, but what do I have to show for it? When you reach that point of burnout, was there a conflict inside of you because of how much you loved your work or, or was it, I oh, just yeah. have no more to give? It, so it was definitely both, which means I, I feel like I lost my identity in my work. And why did I love my work so much is because I created it myself and I created it based on people I loved working with. So the, the clients who I loved working with, if I didn't click with someone or things really got out of hand, I politely referred them to a competitor because I didn't want to work with people who I didn't love working with. Uh, the same with hiring. I was very careful who I hired. So in the end, every single day I went to work, I was happy because I was working with people I liked, both on the client side and on the employee side. Uh, that's, that's one thing that I don't think many people have the luxury of doing. Um, but I've written articles about that, about hiring your boss, like find a boss that you want to work for. Don't, don't wor worry about the company. Worry first and foremost about the person who you're going to be working for, because I truly believe that if you want to take back Mondays, you have to be happy in that environment. Mm -hmm. Whether you're an employee or you're working with other people, don't take clients or don't work for a boss who is going to make you miserable. And I've written articles about how to vet those people, wow. how to look for red flags. How, And I'm talking about in the very interview stages. And if they try to rush you to make a decision, you're like, no, I'd like to have an offsite with the boss. I'd like to invite him and we're going to go and have a coffee because I want to talk to him more. I want to get to know him more before I accept the job offer. Yeah. And no one, they're going to respect you more for that. They're, I mean, why would, why would you rush in? Jobs are kind of like getting married. It's a contract. It's a little bit easier to get out of a job than a marriage. I'll be honest. Mm -hmm. But, but it still feels like a big commitment, right? It's a big decision where you're going to work. Well, Krista, so here's the, I didn't mean to no. interrupt you, but here's the thing that we've run into here in America is that we, we have decided 
that jobs are disposable, that, that we're going to go from one thing to the next thing. And, and that we really don't want to settle into a place and really make an impact and, and stay for a while and build a legacy, build a career legacy. We've decided that we're going to stay here until we can go somewhere else and make more money. And then we'll stay there for a couple of years and then we'll move on to something else. It's all about, it's become about what we can get more than what we can give. And your mutual friend and mine, Kristen Sherry, is, is just, she's just redefining that, that, that whole concept. And that's what I love about Kristen is she just continues to redefine that thinking and re, reshape that thinking. I want to ask you in the, in the few minutes that we have remaining, I have two questions for you. I want you to take me through the biggest obstacle that you've, that you've had in your, in your life or career. And what was the lesson you learned from it? Oh, my goodness. Brian, I've had many obstacles in my life. Um, I went through foster care when I was a little kid. And so my mom had mental health issues. My grandparents, her parents couldn't raise me. So I had to go to foster care. A lot of adversity there. Um best thing that ever happened to me though because I learned how to read people so I think if I hadn't gone through all that adversity a few things wouldn't have happened in my life is number one I wouldn't have valued love as much as I do now like loving my own children and um just love in general and number two um, understanding really how to survive under adversity because it was thrown at me so young that I made a decision when I was in foster care. I looked around me and I saw so many kids that were just like, didn't seem to have any future ahead of them, you know? Uh, and I made a decision right then and there that somehow I was going to survive this and I was going to make something out of my life. And I didn't know how. I didn't know what was going to happen. And then my dad came and got me. He found me and came and, and saved me. So, you know, God answered my prayers. Mm -hmm. But so I want to, that comes to mind immediately because I think, as you can imagine, what happens to us very young is what marks us even more profoundly than anything else that happens later. Wow. Wow. And <laughs> then, and then that, that is so good because, again, I think people, you have a tremendous perspective on things and for what you've been through. And, and again, I appreciate that. My last question to you, and I, and I ask this, as you know, what's your biggest piece of intentional encouragement for folks out there that are listening to this going, oh my gosh, I'm listening to Chris's story. And I, I see some similarities in, in my own life and what I've been going through. What's your biggest piece of intentional encouragement for folks? Never, ever give up on your goals. Anything that can get in your life, get in the way, is temporary, and it will pass. When I was in my darkest times, multiple times in my life, I've had, I've had adversity. I've been through the, you know, the foster system. I got a divorce. Um, at one point, I was alone, and I was homeless, and I was living in my car. I lost my, I didn't have any income. Um, 
I mean, it's bad. And when I tell you all this, and then I lost my dad. So there's been these low points in my life. But one thing has always gotten me through is this deep faith that I have a place to be. I have a purpose. And if people can remember that, even in the darkest times, that you are here on this earth for a purpose. There's something bigger than this moment, this failure, this thing. Um, so if you can keep doing that, you'll get back up on your feet. Never lose sight of that. Wow. That is so good. What a perfect place to end this conversation because, man, <laughs> what, what else could be said? That is so beautiful, so so powerful. Krista, thank you. And thank your little girl for 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 inter coming in and and, and interjecting. <laughs> yeah, she did so precious. So pre when you see thank the you. video, you're gonna and you're just gonna go. Oh, <laughs> you know, be, being a dad of a 20 year old, I, I see little kids. I'm like, oh, because my little kid grew up. So <laughs> it goes fast, right? Yes. Tell folks where they can find you and connect with you. Absolutely. So. I hang out a lot on LinkedIn. So if you look up linkedin.com slash Krista Molion, uh, if you can spell that, we'll, we'll be good. Um, and otherwise, my website is my name, kristamolion.com. I do business coaching, mostly for coaches, consultants, and business owners who want to really sell better mm -hmm. um, and figure out why they're not selling so that they can sell more. Wonderful. Um, that's what I've been doing now. And I do mindset coaching because as you can see, I've been through a lot of adversity myself. So yeah, you you have. <laughs> and and it's it is so good. Um Krista Molion, K-R-I-S-T-A-M-O-L-L-I-O-N. Krista Molion. And you can get her, find her on LinkedIn. And uh I would strongly encourage you to intentionally encourage you to connect with her. Krista, this has been awesome. Thank you for joining me today on the Intentional Encourager podcast. My thanks as always to producer Bryce Sexton and technical advisor Matt Meads. And the ultimate thanks goes to the Lord Jesus Christ who provides intentional encouragement every day of His Word. And until next time, remember, everyone, everywhere, at any time, and any place can be an intentional.